0: Hey, hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. Podcast LQ. Stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. with your girl, Sandra. Here today with a special edition episode. We're going to dive into some Utah Challenge Cup tournament things. And I couldn't do that alone. No one can do anything alone. So I'm here today with my friend, homie and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. How are you doing today, Claire?
1: I'm good. I'm genuinely excited to talk some soccer.
0: So am I. And you know what? A schedule finally got released today in terms of times and dates. So that's a big deal. And it's a big, big day in Chicago Red Stars world because the crew is finally back in Bridgeview. And joining us on this call for this very special edition episode is head coach in front of the pod, Chicago Red Stars head coach Rory Dames. How are you doing today, Rory?
2: I'm good, guys. How are you?
0: excited excited to talk to you I mean you're literally talking to us on the day that you guys are returning to Bridgeview yeah who
2: knew who knew that I'd be excited to make the drive to Bridgeview but genuine excitement today as I'm in my car heading that way
0: you know Rory last time we had you on for the podcast the segment that we spoke about we really focused a lot on everything Going on with COVID-19 and the pandemic and how the club, the team, the coaching staff and the players and everybody was trying to navigate all of this going on. And since then, there's been a number of small news surrounding the Challenge Cup tournament, people wanting to know certain rules and certain regulations, stuff about that. But one of the biggest things I think for us, just sort of transitioning from that prior episode was Chicago and the state of Illinois as a whole, in terms of some of the guidelines that were in place here. And I think that might've been a bit of a challenge for you guys in terms of trying to navigate your way Through training for this challenge cup and being in a state like Illinois that has been trying to be a leader in, uh, getting in front of COVID-19. Can you walk me through some of the challenges of of training during this time?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think probably, we've probably been asking the governor's office for the last two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks for permission to, to be able to go to full team training. Um, Obviously, New Jersey received it from their governor, Oregon received it from their governor, um, so it certainly wasn't out of the norm, uh, and for whatever reason, that we weren't able to, to get that approved until yesterday, um, so we're thankful that it uh, was done. We wish it was a little bit sooner. Um, but yeah, so the, the first thing I would say is, you know, the group, the group did a good job of keeping themselves at a good fitness level and a good base. Um, We got our, our team to be, as I think, as you guys know, we have to test weekly. Um, All the teams in the league do. So we were fortunate enough to get set up with um, trying to think. uh, um, There's a group that has a trial. Sorry. I don't know why I went blank. there. There's a trial going on. So we got ourselves to be able to be part of a trial. So we, uh, we had our fourth round of testing on Sunday, this past Sunday. And for anybody who's not experienced a test, um, it's gnarly. Do
0: everything right? you can to
2: keep, yeah, do everything you can to keep it that way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and we, we've, every one of our players, our staff all along have been negative the whole time. Um, so that's a credit to the players. I think Tierna rad, ran the mathematical odds of that happening and it, it According to Tierna's math, it shouldn't shouldn't work that way, you know, and we don't argue with Tierna's math very often, so it's been kind of uh, fun to to have her redo the odds every week. Um, but we've had to we've certainly had to to make some commitments to train. you know we've had to travel due north a few times. we've had to travel due east a few times. um we've been fortunate enough to to find people who are willing to help accommodate us. We've been fortunate enough to have a group that's willing to to uh, put some time in a car to get to where we needed to go, um, so we've actually had a good, a good run of training. Um, been able to get a lot done in a short amount of time. Certainly not anywhere near to what we we had hoped we would have been able to. Uh, but I think we feel good about where we're at right now, and being able to get back on the the practice field at the stadium today and start to get back into a normal routine for the last week, I think will be important for us.
0: Rory, when you mentioned having to be in a car and get a group together to travel and going north and going east are you are just talking north of the state east of the state out of state within the state can you maybe elaborate on that a
2: little bit more you know Sandra I think I'm just talking general directions that we were heading <laughs> and I'll let everybody else wonder about where we may or may not have been um I can tell you that we did not break any governor's rules anywhere we were with what we were doing.
0: Yeah. yeah you guys uh, don't strike me as a uh, rule breakers.
2: <laughs> no, no. We, from our owner all the way down through uh, the organization, we are rule followers. And unfortunately sometimes it comes back to bite us a little bit, but yeah, no, we, we made sure obviously first and foremost, not just the safety of the players, but the players being comfortable with what we were doing. You know, it's one thing to say you're providing a safe environment. It's another thing to actually make sure that you're facilitating something that the players are actually comfortable with. Um, So the leadership of the team has been great. Uh, I've had more Zoom calls with those guys in a month than I hope to ever have for the rest of my life. But the the ownership that they've taken – Um, not just with the players that have been here, but with the players we drafted, the trialists, uh, to make sure everybody felt included. Everybody had a voice heard. Everybody was comfortable with what we were doing, the processes we were going to have. It's it's certainly, it has certainly brought brought in the group closer together, which if you would have told me before, you know, we were a pretty close group, uh, but it's brought us closer together in a multitude of different ways. I would say, uh, much more real ways, right? It's one thing to be together on the field; it's another thing to be together in a the middle of a worldwide pandemic, where really, you know, one person gets it wrong and they put the rest of us at risk. So it's a, a huge responsibility. Not so much what you're doing for however long we're on the field in a car ride, but especially as the weather's gotten nice, you're in the city, you know, making good decisions with what you're doing with your own time, not exposing yourself to bad situations. So. Uh, credit to the group they've been outstanding
1: yeah speaking of speaking of the group um most nwsl rosters at this point vary in flux people are keeping it pretty close to the close to the chest uh what can you say about this current group that that you've been working with in preseason as you kind of move into the home stretch before you announce that that final roster
2: yeah so we've had 32 players with us since we've been back um I'm pretty sure the final rosters for the tournament are due June 21st. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's been announced or not announced, but I'm pretty sure the rosters are due June 21st. So we probably have about two or three more days of training to make our our final decisions on, um, I don't want to just say how we're going to build the roster, but how we're going to manage the group. Um, So what can I say? I can say that all of our players are here. All of our contracted players, national team and non-national team, are here and have been here. All of our draft picks are here. Um, And then some players that we identified that we wanted to have come in the market with us are here. So, uh, you know, I know we haven't put a lot of stuff out and um, and there's reasons for that. But, yeah, we're, we're certainly not trying to... You know, keep it quiet or confidential on who we have, or who we don't have here. I know some teams have because they don't have some of their bigger names with them. Um, but, but any name that you would find important, and I find all 32 of them important, they're all here, and have been here.
0: You know, I, I when all the when the annou- the initial announcement for this tournament, this Challenge Cup in Utah, got announced, um, there were a number of there was a number of information that was put out there. So. Uh, you know, a, a kickoff date, um, a lot of good stuff in there for players in terms of, you know, their their salary uh, and also the choice and the option um, for those players, you know, in terms of if they were finding it within themselves like a bit of a conflict or a struggle um, to put themselves in a tournament uh, during a pandemic and basically being given the option to opt in or, or opt out. And in terms of the support that is uh, you know, around your club right now. I know you say you have a lot of buy-in from all your players, so in terms of not giving names, but in terms of like a yes or a no, it sounds like it's a it's a solid yes in terms of players who are are buying in to this. But in in terms of that, Illinois again has been really great about getting in front of a lot of this stuff in terms of dealing with the pandemic and we're starting to see some some headlines in you know southwest states southeast states uh where cases are are rising so what are you guys doing to still try to keep uh you know that support in place for the players is is, you know in the in light of some of these these new cases spiking Mm -hmm. in areas, Utah specifically
2: yeah it's a good question um I think, I mean, you guys know me, I'm not a political guy, so, you know, whatever, whatever is going on in Illinois or not going on, or whoever is in favor of it or not in favor of it, um, to each their own, I think, uh, you know, the, the burden of responsibility is on each of us individually to, to make good decisions and try to keep ourselves and our families as safe as we can, and in turn, keep our extended family safe as we can, um, you know we have pretty strict guidelines we have to follow in training as far as um, you know you have to have mask on from the cars to the field, mask on from the fields to the car. You only have so many people at a trainer at a time and they have to be socially distanced. Um, I mean I could go on and on. There's a lot of rules we have to follow. And in Utah, you know the they've they've created this village, which I'm sure you've heard of, but the the rules that we're under when we're there are are very strict. So um, I, I think there's a better chance of somebody from outside of the village coming in and maybe exposing people to it than there is from anybody who's staying in the village going outside and getting themselves exposed to it. Um, and I, I'm sure the the league will release that stuff when they want to release that stuff. But uh, it's it's a pretty you know, the teams, the coaches, the staffs I mean you're you're basically either playing soccer, um, lifting, doing film or you're at you're at the hotel, you know, or whatever hotel you're assigned to, but what I will say is it sounds worse than it is because everybody at that hotel is going to be the teams, right? It's it's only the teams there. So, it's not like you can't interact with people from other teams or see other coaches or do stuff and same thing if you're not in your rooms, you have to have on mask and you, you have to follow these guidelines, but Everybody in the hotel is getting tested weekly and before the game. So uh, probably probably should be one of the safer environments or places to be in Utah based off everything we've been given. Um, and we're obviously aware of what's been going on specifically in Utah and the Rises and what went on at the, the meatpacking factory. I mean, we keep up on that stuff, and the league does as well. And, you know, if it gets to a point where it's alarming – I'm sure people will, will have conversations about it or voice their concerns. I will say that's one thing the league has been very good about this whole time is listening to, to players' concerns, staff concerns, um, and then addressing them. So I, uh, you know, I, I back in the very beginning of all this, was very skeptical about all of it and how it would play out and if it would even get pulled off. And um, credit to, to Lisa. You know, she's come in in a short time and done a ton, and she is – from everything I've seen and understand the driving force behind all of this. And, you know, I think all of the teams for the most part feel comfortable that, you know, in a week we're all gonna get on planes and fly to Utah and play in this tournament.
1: Um, I guess the the other, you know, the other major talking point when it comes to concerns is obviously this is a short, short run tournament, quick turnaround, short preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the philosophy behind – And I mean, Chicago got one of the better draws out of everybody, but what is the philosophy behind roster rotation um, on such short turnarounds that you're going to see in this kind of a tournament?
2: And by better draws, Claire, I'm just going to assume that you're talking about duration between games. I am. And I am. I'm 100
1: – I okay. actually <laughs> really am. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's a pick-your-poison kind of thing, right? Because we do have a good setup in the group stage. But if we are fortunate enough to advance in the next round, we also have the shortest rest from our last game until the knockout round starts. So you could have been more uh you could have been tighter squeezed in the beginning and then had a little bit more time before the knockout round or vice versa um from a scheduling standpoint, I am pleased with how our schedule worked out. You know I think the the big thing with the tournament you know we're excited about some of the young players we have. Uh, not only the ones that we drafted, but some others that we've had in. And then, as you guys know, in an NWSL season, it's, it's hard to find minutes for those players because every game, you know, your season could hinge on every game. That's just the reality of the league. So hopefully a, some sort of tournament, maybe not like this where you're gone for a month, but some sort of tournament that runs throughout the course of the season within the league, similar to what some of the, the leagues in Europe have would be great because it gives you a chance to, to let those players get out and play in meaningful games against other NWSL level competition. So I think we're really excited because yeah, the schedule works out where we can, we have some time between, especially that first and second game, but then it gets a little quicker from that two, three and four. And, you know, we're going to take some of these young kids and play them. You know, we want to see what they can do. And while we certainly want to win the tournament, it's not our end all be all we're going to get a chance to evaluate these players. Um, you know, against live NWSL competition in a tournament format that give us a pretty good indication of where we are heading in the march and where we are heading into the draft and all the other stuff that's coming up. So I think the thing we're most excited about is, you know, being able to expose these young kids to, to this studying in this environment and seeing how they respond and then having six to, six to eight months to work with them before we roll back in the real games again.
0: Uh, today, a lot of the clubs and along with the league introduced uh, like the timing, the times and dates, you know, for for kickoffs coming out of this Challenge Cup, and you know the seated the seating uh, d- draft and draw took place already with with CBS and and the commissioner, and uh, the question that Claire had asked, you know, alluded to to the the seating that you guys got in terms of the better draw. You were drafted like you drew that number one uh, seed, so that puts you in a series of group matches with Orlando Pride, uh, Utah Royals FC, Houston Dash, and uh, Sky Blue FC. And just sort of taking a look at uh, last season in terms of how you guys matched up against them in terms of the 12 games. You guys walked away uh, with uh, only four losses against uh, those teams. So how, how are you guys feeling in terms of uh, just your general seating overall and the competition that you're going to be going up against uh, to start off this tournament?
2: Well, the first thing I would say about last year is Sky Blue or Orlando cost us winning the shield last year, right? I mean, Sky Blue beat us twice, Orlando beat us once. That's nine points, four points. We were four points off. So um, I wouldn't minimize the impact of (laughs) the results that we took against those guys because in the big scheme, um, probably wouldn't have changed the final since we knew we were going to Carolina. But it would have been nice to, to bring some hardware home for the city. I would say secondary. If we've learned anything in this league, especially if this was a regular season and our first game was April, you know, April, May, and June, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So regardless of what he did the year before, it takes a good two and a half to three months for people to establish themselves, a pecking order start to break out. Um, So we would be foolish if we looked at our schedule and we're thinking, well, based off last year we got a good schedule because the amount of turnover those teams had because Mark and James are now in their second years with their teams. They had a whole year to instill their principles or style of play, the culture they want to create. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys paid attention. I think you do. Sky blue had kind of a busy off season. So I'd say they're a little bit revamped and they beat us two out of three last year. So I, uh, what I do think will be exciting is each game will be a little bit different as far as how each we expect each one of those teams to play. Um, But yeah, I mean, what, what happens in this league and the year prior doesn't really mean a lot for the, the upcoming season. And maybe when you're three fourths of the way through the season and it starts to shape and separate a bit, but not for this tournament. I mean, a, a knockout tournament is just that, right? I mean, one team gets hot or finds a good flow it'd be like having a good month, right? We had some months last year where we were didn't win and we had some months last year where we didn't lose. So if you get high at the right time, you know, it's not a, a nine month season where you're judging who's good and who's not good. You basically just have to be good for four weeks and stay healthy. And I'll, I'll add that. I think the teams that had the least amount of turnover are probably in the best position to do well here um, because of how short the prep time is. So I mean, obviously, North Carolina is North Carolina, but North Carolina didn't have a lot of turnover either. So they're jumping right back into where they were, getting themselves fit, and, you know, the wrecking ball starts going again. Um, You know, Utah didn't have a ton of turnover. Obviously, Laura to Craig is turnover, but the actual core group of players that they have there is the same. Um, You know, I think Seattle is going to be – really good this year. I think James was laying some really good foundations for his group with Houston. Um, you know, and if you actually watched Orlando play, Orlando actually really tried to play a good brand of football. It's just hard to do right off the bat in the league. So I uh, I wouldn't want to try to predict or forecast what anything's going to be. I don't think you can say somebody's schedule is easy or hard based off of last year. I think we're going to go one game at a time and like I stated to you guys, we have some younger kids. We want to get experience too and get them into this kind of setting. So, we'll see where it takes us.
1: Um, kind of taking the the track from the idea of that that this is obviously obviously the team wants to do well, but this is also still building for the future. You tweeted something last night indicating that you think there's a possibility that there might be uh, games in Bridgeview before next season. Um, do you care to elaborate on that at all?
2: Well, Claire, I would never say never. Right, right. I mean, there's, there's. Uh, I think a majority of our group plans on coming back after Utah. We've obviously been cleared to train as a team now. So our players are being paid, right, have their housing here. And I don't think any of our players think that they can be considered a pro or stay at a high level if they're playing for, eight weeks out of 12 months. Um, and I'll just use uh, Mackenzie, Kay, and Hilly as a, you know, my reference. We brought those guys here because we think if we had some time to work with them, we could really do some stuff with them and having them here for four days and then four weeks and then playing in a tournament. I, I don't think that's the time reference we had in mind. So I would expect the majority of our group to come back after Utah and we would roll back in the training. And then you know we see how the numbers go and what happens. The other thing that we'll have accessible that we've never had accessible before is, you know, the college preseason for their real season. It's it's one thing to have some of those teams play in their spring, because their spring kind of is what it is. But if you can get them in August when they're getting ready for their season, I'm sure we could get some exhibitions against some colleges. Um, there has certainly been talk within the league amongst coaches. I want to make sure I'm clear that amongst coaches about trying to figure out in August, September, October, if the numbers are still in a good spot and it's safe. I mean, always if it's safe. I want to be clear on that. But, yeah, we'll, we'll meet up somewhere and play games against each other. I mean, you can't replicate the NWSL level or the the standard in the league unless you're playing another NWSL team. So. I think there's all kinds of things floating around that people probably haven't talked about or hasn't been put out there because everybody's focus has been on the tournament. But I think there is a, a big desire within the league and the coaching rank of the league and really the players within the league, assuming that it's it's safe for us to do, they want to play. I mean, that's why this tournament's happening. The, the tournament's happening because the players wanted to play. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. If the players decided they didn't want to play – You could have the greatest sponsors and an unbelievable commissioner and dedicated owners, but it wouldn't make a difference. You need the players. So this tournament's happening because the players want to play. And I don't think that'll just stop at the end of whenever a team's done in Utah. I think players are still going to want to play. So I think there's all kinds of things that can be done. um, Assuming that it's safe and makes sense. And we're not putting anybody at risk from players to staff, to fans, to reporters that'll always, be the driving factor of any decisions that get made is the safety of everybody involved.
0: Oh Rory, if you don't mind, I'd actually like to, to ask maybe maybe a bit of a personal question and I hope you'd be willing to answer or maybe, um, you know, put yourself in a, a vulnerable state. I know we were talking a lot about support of – It's
2: a big setup, Sandra. It's a yeah, big it setup is, now. I'm nervous
0: what... well, to ask because I want to see where you're going to – what you're going to hit me with. But, you know, in, in terms of support of, of players and stuff like that, We've talked a lot about COVID-19, we've talked a lot about the the pandemic. Um, And I know that recently it's hard to ignore everything that's been happening in the news in terms of what's going on in cities across America is impacting uh, our black citizens and our black communities. And I know that a number of players within this league and specifically within the Red Stars, I know Casey Short released a statement not too long ago, Sarah Gordon had reached out to try to be proactive and then try to invite um, and reach out to young black soccer players uh, for her to connect with and and work with her. And the club actually recently took a bit of a shift in terms of the content that they've been putting out to try to do more learning, to try to be more inclusive. And I just was wondering what you guys have been doing to try to maintain that support uh, specifically for your black players. I know you've coached many different players uh, throughout your career, not just at the pro level, but also at the youth level as well. And if you could just sort of be willing to maybe talk to me about keeping uh, that support for, for black players and African-American players specifically.
2: Of course, you know, the, I think the the realization of what the black community has been enduring um, sadly on a, on a day in day out basis has really come to light um, as of late for a lot of us. And, you know, Sarah, you use Sarah and Casey, so that's how I use. I've known Casey since she's been 10. I've known Sarah since she's been 12. So those two specifically, you know, I've, I've been along their journeys with them. So I've obviously had conversations with both of them. Everything that's going on is something we addressed as a team um with all the players that were here all the staff you know we had a meeting we let everybody say what they wanted to say we made it a safe space and there were certainly some uncomfortable moments and some uncomfortable conversations within it but I think those are the only real conversations that matter if it's not uncomfortable it's probably not getting to the points that we need to get to uh you know and I wanted to make sure Sarah and Casey knew first and foremost that you know we see them, we love them, we're here for them. They're a part of our family, uh, especially on a personal level for me, like I said, with how long I've known those guys and, and watched them go from being little kids to grown women. Uh, team-wise, we, we had an allyship uh, Zoom last night that the entire team was on, the entire staff was on, some other people joined. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of us are trying to, to educate ourselves and – you know, the, the leadership of our team, you know, you, you look at Julie, you look at Alyssa, Vanessa, Morgan, you know, they've been at the forefront of that. You know, they've been at the forefront of making, making this a place where conversations can happen, where people can feel safe sharing their honest thoughts, where people can tell us what they need, where people can tell us what, how we can support. And, you know, with Sarah, and again, you know, Sarah's, I've coached Sarah, literally coached Sarah for 12 years now, maybe. And, you know, I have a daughter who's five and a half. Sarah's son, Caden's six. They play together all the time on off days or at the games. And, you know, I had a, a, an upfront, honest conversation with Sarah saying, hey, you know, Caden and Olivia play together. They don't see, you know, color per se, Olivia sees Caden, Caden sees Olivia, you know, where, where does that start to go gray? Where does that start to change? Why does that start to change? How does that perception move? Um, You know, and Sarah had some great feedback, but as Sarah also tells everybody, Sarah's trying to figure out how to raise, um, you know, Caden who is a young black boy to grow up to be a young black man in everything that's going on and she's searching for her own answers. And I think that's the greatest thing Casey and Sarah told the group um, along with Ariana and Ariel as well. But, you know, they don't, we don't have all the answers. You know, we do your research, do your work, educate yourselves. And I think that hit it home for a lot of us. And, and we have been, you know, we have been trying to, to educate ourselves when somebody finds something that they think there's real value in, they'll send it out to other other members of the group, regardless if it's staff or if it's the coaches. So I think the biggest thing is we're certainly aware, you know, more so than we've ever been before and shame on us for not being before. Um, But it's also important that the players that are within our team and our family know that we do have their back. We do support them. We do see them. We are trying to do better. And, you know, I, I thought something was great was, and I won't say who it was, but one of our, I would say, bigger players said in front of the whole group to to the four players that we have that are black, if, if I get it wrong, if I say something and it's not right, I want you to call me out on it. I want you to tell me. I want to learn. If my vocabulary is incorrect, if the words I use aren't right, tell us. You know, or tell me. And I, I kind of echoed that for the group. I said, listen, you know, that doesn't need to be something for just her. That should be a part of our culture. We, you know, we all want to do better and grow and learn and educate ourselves. So, you know, that's kind of, it's kind of the space we've created, you know, and if that, you know, back in the day that would have been completely uncomfortable for everybody involved. And, and now it's uh, Hey, we need this to happen so we can get better. And I think that's kind of where we've had it. And, um, I'm extremely proud of the group for that as well and how they've handled it. And, you know, you use the word love and it's kind of cliché, but there really is a, a strong feeling of, of care and genuine love for all the people on the team and specifically Casey and Sarah, since they've been here so long, it's, uh, it's been really um, rewarding to be a part of, but also very eye opening of, how little and i only speak for myself in this part of it you know how how naive i've been i think with certain aspects and how little i know and how much more i can do to help be a part of the the solution and not a part of the problem
0: thanks so much so for- i don't know
2: if that was vulnerable enough Sarah. Yeah. that's what i got Sandra. yeah no
0: i i appreciate you taking a deep uh dive in on that rory i mean it's just uh like you said you know we we have to sort of um remove ourselves and not center ourselves when it comes to this type of stuff so thank you so much for taking the time to answer that and uh, we do have to wrap up this call unfortunately I know you've got uh, a training to get to so uh, if you could just sort of very quickly maybe if you want to just say something to the fans and give them something uh, that you know maybe you weren't able to say in a little while in terms of the upcoming tournament and what they can look forward to
2: yeah, I would tell everybody, you know, it's just because you can't see us doesn't mean we're not here. And we uh, – the group has been working really hard and has been very committed. And uh, we're excited to be able to, to put the jersey on and put the crest on and get back out and play. Um, the, the due diligence the group has done, like I had stated earlier in the call, has been great. But the, the on-field product, although it is still a work in pro- progress, I want to be clear – um, the amount of work the players are putting in, the amount of information they're absorbing in a short amount of time, and how hard they're working—I uh, think the fans are, are going to be pleased with. And as I said, while we certainly want to win, we have other other items we want to check off our to-do list while we're there. Uh, but some of some of these young players we have are are exciting. You know, they're they're going to be worth staying up till eleven o'clock at night to watch.
0: Awesome, Rory. Thank you so much again for taking the time to be with us and Southside Trap Podcast. We always appreciate um, any insight and uh, anything that you want to come on and share with us in regards to uh, the players and the club. Uh, good luck with the rest of training. Uh, we know you guys have a couple weeks under your your belt still to to get through, and uh, we can't uh, see the Red Stars. Uh, we can't wait to see the Red Stars take the pitch again. Uh, we're, we're all looking forward to it. Thanks so much for your time.
2: All right, guys. Thanks for everything you do.
0: Thanks, Rory. Wow, Claire. Wow. What an interview that we just had with Rory Dames, uh, head coach and friend of the pod. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were. I know we had a little bit of a, not concerns or worry, but, you know, we just wanted to say, hey, how the heck are you guys? I haven't seen you in a bit on <laughs> um, how you've been. And uh, I think we got uh, so much more than uh, we were anticipating with that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um... Yeah, I mean, I think that we're at the point now where it's time to kind of pivot into talking about this tournament, and I think it's kind of a similar thing for the Red Stars. You know, they kind of have – they've had their incubation period, um, and, you know, I think it's probably been good for them that it's been without a ton of eyes on it. Um, and then now it's like, let's LFG, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: LFG all the way to Utah. Yeah. It's uh, – yeah, it's been dope. I know – um we always appreciate um rory dames for for his honesty and, and along with with his candor um but hopefully for everybody wondering uh, all those questions i know claire you were so so awesome as you always are and you had reached out to to our patrons and for a bit of a QA and you were just very honest with them talking about like you know what guys we're kind of in the same boat as you we actually just don't have those answers right now and uh sure enough um, we did some searching, and Rory was cool enough to come on here and, and try to fill in some of those holes yep. Um, yep. for for his Red Stars faithful. So um, that was that was great. I, I'm I'm looking forward to to really getting into it and, and covering the Red Stars with you, Claire, during during this tournament. Uh, we we put to to rest our our days of Red Stars past series. So if you all uh, were maybe. Holding out to try to dive into that uh, as a whole. All the episodes are up, they're available for, for public on all public streaming services. Uh, if you want to revisit some old days uh, from the Red Stars culture, there you can go ahead and uh, jump into those episodes. And uh, moving forward, uh, for everybody, we're going to just be focusing on, on 2020, this uh, tournament uh, coming up in the Challenge Cup. And, you know, any other Chicago Red Stars news that's going to be coming our way. And I'm uh, really excited about that. And uh, if people want to uh, stay engaged and and keep up with you and your work, Claire, where can they do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, as always, I say subscribe to the Patreon. Um, I mean, I think probably we have a game schedule. There are going to be games. Uh, Sandra and I are doing content planning for what that's going to look like. So, I mean, I think probably we're going to be pretty close. We're going to be reestablishing our writing tiers with the Patreon um, and we'll be doing written content for you as well. So it's going to look a little bit more like what we were planning for uh, the actual regular season. Um, So, yeah. So if you want truly, you know, I think maybe even this episode is an example that um, we're lucky to get to have some relationships with this team that uh, they're very generous with and We want to bring that to you guys throughout this tournament beyond. So, yeah, please subscribe to the Patreon for more work like this.
0: Guys, if you want to follow Claire and me, you can find us on Twitter and all of our shenanigans. No big deal. But I just have to echo what she said, really. As this tournament gets ready to kick off the best way, you can continue to support both of us is by supporting Southside Tribe Podcast and our Patreon. And uh, you can do that. On all social media channels. We understand that things are difficult right now during these times, and maybe you can't financially support. But you know what? Giving us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter is extremely helpful. And you can find us at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. You can also go ahead and find us on all streaming platforms on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, so go ahead and give us a like, give us a, you know, a subscribe to us, and go ahead and leave us a review. Those five stars that you give us help us out tremendously whenever we're trying to produce Chicago Red Stars content for you all. So yeah, just make sure you're following Southside Tripod. Um, you know, we're here for you guys. Make sure that you wash your hands, wash your face. There's still a pandemic. Stay yeah. safe. Make sure you stay safe, make good choices, And uh, remember to support and protect Black lives. We will be back with you guys with another episode.